Conspiracy at Kresik, Season 2, Episode 7. It is July? July? July July 2018. I'm Devin the Referee, and to my left we have X playing Y. Mark playing Reddy. Tyler playing Phineas. Kevin playing Asher. And PF Jack Angus. Alright, gang. So, what happened last session, which is all fresh in our minds? It wasn't two weeks ago. Run! Run for your life! Well, a member of the party died. Yeah. Poor Bartholomew. (laughs) (laughs) We we tragically lost Bartholomew. For liability reasons, he died on the adventure. It wasn't anyone in particular's fault. (laughs) Totally. In a in an event that will in no way involve some sort of hideous hideous horrible thing happening here. I mean, powers of evil check, man. I'll figure that out on eventually. But we were uh, pursued by a displacer beast. Spoilers? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not spoilers, it's a recap. <laughs> it's a summary. What were some of the worst of those episodes? I don't know, man. Our there, there was a lot of tension building and very, very... It's, it's outside the door! It's a bear attack! We found all the moths. That was fun. It was a very traumatic experience, and it's like the third traumatic experience in a row you guys have directly had to deal with. It's been pretty bad, like the haunted house, oh no, your own grave bodies attacking you, and then a haunted house. Uh, the forest. And then a forest where the evil dead was coming, and now uh, an actual hellcat. Some of us are legitimately insane. Yeah, you guys keep racking up those uh, morality damages. All I love for Christmas is my sanity and my sanity. Right. Oh wait, whoa! Someone, someone suffered limit break. Did we do the rules for that last session? I think we did the yeah, rolls yeah, and so on. We figured it. We figured it out. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. I just want to make sure we didn't miss that. I don't think we did the powers of darkness or whatever. I, you want to apply we that. do not do that. I, I okay. take notice of that in the background. Okay. It's not a group activity. I mean, it's so much better of a group. It's all good. Perfect. It's all good. So, where we last left off, you guys had raced down the old Svalich Pass for the coming dawn, and, uh, and made your way to Valashon again. Yeah. When you met up with uh, that Vistani you guys know, from the clearing, where you found Asher's history, maybe? Future history? His baby crib. His baby crib, yes. Yeah. And we learned a recipe for herbicide. Yes, yes, that, that actually did happen. <laughs> that actually came in handy. Useful. And stands to point out, listeners, that it's summer, so just like last year, it's a fucking nightmare. You don't have the AC on. So no You're one complained about the, vo- about the voice quality, like last time. <laughs> Water! It's so warm, it's like 35 degrees. Alright. So, seeing as I guess it's daytime now, like, like the, the dawn broke, where are you guys going to hang out in Valachon? <sighs> well, I have a book to return. Yeah, so we're going to that one person. Who was his name? Sombai. 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 
So I guess we should stop by Idle Hands. I forgot I called it Idle Hands. I'm like, I know I know it was a devil reference. Was it Needful Fittings? <laughs> that seems on the nose for me. <sighs> Good intentions. All right, well, the Idle Hands bookstore is there. It's, uh, it's pretty early in the morning, so it's not quite open yet. Okay. Um, <clears throat> what time is it usually open? This is, uh, it's not really more of a time of opening things so much as kind of once the morning routine starts, most shops just open. They don't really have posted hours. But basically, once, once the town kind of wakes up, he'll probably wake up and be around. They say elves don't sleep, they do like a meditative reverie, but he's in a nightgown with a cap on, with a little buzz, fuzzball at the end, and slippers up in his bed, snoring. Okay. Engaging I'm gonna, in sleep. I'll sit down on the doorstop in my donkey blood stained clothes. <laughs> I have a blood spray over you. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, you know, sort of leave my shotgun in my lap uh, and pull out a little notebook and start doodling Mothman until somebody opens the shop. Fair enough. <laughs> The rest of you? Well, I guess we'd like to... S do we want to just go or do we want to stay a night here or something? What's the plan, guys? Aren't many of you injured and exhausted? So yes, we're not continuing yes, on the road. I think a day of sleep would be Yeah, so I guess we have go to the same place we've been at before whenever we visited here. And what was it called? I don't think it was called anything. Has an I do has no idea. Oh, let's see. Yeah. That's right. Suffer. But yeah, you guys are going to head to the inn and take a knee. Alright, so you guys go in, you pay for your rooms, and you're just, just going to crash during the day? I think, yeah, uh, considering how little sleep any of us have had over the past couple days and it how bad raggles we are. Maybe arrange to get our clothes laundered and stuff like that, or... That's possible. You can have that done. Blue Water Inn. There you go. Now, uh, is Jack Angus going to do any of his famous uh, Australian medical powers? Well, yeah. On our friend here, right? You mean... Well, yeah. Yeah, of work course. It, work it out. Figure it out. Sure. I'll do a roll or something. Do the math. I'm going to just... Now we're back. So... Uh, you were doing medicine yep. to Asher. How does that work out? Uh, I managed to roll a success, so I guess for a day at least his healing speed doubles. So that means he'll be able to heal one lethal damage in a day. Okay. Oh, doesn't it downgrade a lethal to Bastion or something? Uh, have to double check. Maybe. Okay, we'll come back to you then. Yeah. Um... And you two are just going to relax and have your clothes laundered and stuff. Diva Stani, she is going to be um, hanging out outside of town doing her own thing. And just, you know, come to her when you're ready to go. She's doing her own stuff right now. Okay. But you... Phineas! Uh, oh my god. It's, it's so hot. You, Phineas! Uh, a few hours will go by, and eventually you hear like the clicking behind you of like the door unlocking, and uh, and some Sombai? Sombai? And uh, yeah, Sombai is there, with the door open, looking down at you. Um, hi. 
Hey, I uh, wanted to bring your book back. I'm sure you'll be happy to get it back intact. It's proved very useful. That's good to hear. Are you okay? You seem a little distressed. I'm a bit on edge. It's been a time. As I said, the book has come in useful. He like generally takes the book back. Didn't you trade to him for something? For the Google and the Iron Christ or whatever, Mechanical Christ? Hi. Yes, he was like, yeah, come on in, I'll uh, get your a document you left behind. Oh, thank you. I fold up my notebook of scrawl. Insane. Insane scrawl, Mothman scrawlings. You know, charcoal drawings, the same license plate number over and over, like MacGruber. Yeah. Uh, it's not a great middle of the insight, and on the outside, too. So, it, uh, it helped, I... Yeah, yeah. And I've taken copious notes. Um, I'm sure you don't mind. Oh, no, that's that's absolutely fine. Um, how did that end up? Everything okay? Well, it hasn't quite ended yet. And, oh. um, I don't know. I might suggest you stay in tonight. Lock your doors. All right. Pass that along to anyone else you care about. And uh, I don't suppose you know what this is. I'll pull out the statue and I'll show it to you. I could consult my notes. It's looks old. Looks local. If you could, that would be uh, be most helpful to me. I think it might have some some measure of importance. All right. Okay. Um, are you staying here? Staying at the end. For long? Just the night, I think. Then we'll be moving on. Okay. Have to get back to Kresik. Put an end to this whole adventure. Understandable. Well, I'd be more than happy to help. Um, did, did you, anything I could provide? Uh, information would be, <clears throat> would be most appreciated. Um, yeah, really, if you, you know anything about the statue. Do you know anything about any adventurers and also have a quest? <laughs> uh, I'll consult my books yes. on that. Where did you get it? Uh, I found it in a um, in a dilapidated church along the way. There I are. actually found a couple. One of them was lost in the journey. Oh, yes. There's a an awful lot of shrines and old churches and monasteries along the old Spalich Road. If it, uh, if it helps in your, your research, I believe it might be connected to the Mothman, or the Mahir, another local legend. 
Oh, yes, the, the hearth firemen. Hearth firemen. Little tales, people in communities like this. Uh, you, you see them in some of the outskirts of Darkhome of, uh, and uh, Falcovnia. They're just these... You know, why does the rain come? Why does the... Oh, right. He, he starts realizing that you're from here. <laughs> one of these simple people. And he's like yeah. trying to... He's now trying to massage that. Hearthfire tales. Just, just things. I think there might be some truth to this particular Hearthfire tale. Generally speaking, that's what a lot of the more enlightened minds from De Montelieu and... Um, the other thing. <laughs> I forgot the name of the entire other country. Generally, more enlightened philosophers from Daemon to Love will be that as well. He is not, he's not standoffish, but he is really not knowing how to deal with you. He's just, he's just standing there, kind of fidgeting, because you're just uh, covered in blood and have a gun, and look, uh, you look rattled. Did you have to wash off, man? Well, it's just, uh, like, it's just, it's just unnerved. It's like, I don't know how to deal with No, well, it's not him being dirty, Peter. I mean, <laughs> not only that. <laughs> I'll leave you to your research and maybe stop by this evening? Sure, yes. That, yes. It just kind of stands there, not knowing how to handle this. Uh, I'm going to head back and uh, tend to the horses, particularly Grizabella. You named another one. No, you named it. Did I? Yes. Oh my god. The one with the moth inside of it. Grizabella? Something like that. sound like... I don't even remember that. <laughs> Griselda. Griselda. Griselda, yeah. Griselda. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Griselda, yeah. Grizabella, and the other one. But uh, just like, almost neurotically clean them. And kind of repeatedly. I gotcha. <sighs> All right. Well, unless you, anyone else has any, yeah, I buy a new cloak because mine was was covered in oil and and and, and then set on fire. It did happen. That's that's one thing. I got the resources. That did happen. Um, are you guys gonna do anything other than that before night falls? Want to visit Newt? No, I don't want to meet anyone because the demon is following us invisibly. So it sees that we're oh. interacting with people. Invisible is a strong word for it. <laughs> like when trees are getting knocked over and stuff, like a rhino is coming through that you can't see. Yeah. But talking with people, that's, that seems like a really bad idea. So, so who do we hate around here that we talk with? Hey, buddy! We should meet the Vastani before night, though. Well, I guess we're going to just probably a good idea. Now. We're certainly not going to go and meet her at night. And this one, I'll talk with some local church people, whatever, like, hey, do you have anything against demons? And yeah, I guess it's just a mistake. So, before nightfall, you're going to go talk to the Bastani? You guys wake up, you know, afternoon time, evening? Yeah. Yep. All right. Slightly outside of town, uh, actually on one of those kind of corner roads that heads into a vineyard, is yeah, a small campfire. Um, there is uh, a little tent. It looks like a one-person kind of tent set up, staked to the ground. 
And yeah, there's a campfire with a kettle in it and uh, various little kind of small stakes with flags that are of different colors just tied around it. Blowing in the wind. And yeah, she is there. Hello! I think I'm my smokes, over her one, take one for myself. She kind of just, yeah, gingerly grabs a few smokes from you and lights them with a bit of, like, burning embers she's been toying with. She has, like, a fire poker that she's just ramming into the logs, moving them around. It smells very cedary coming from the, uh, the fire itself, like she's added something to it. So, you're the help 60 winters arranged? I'm more of a guide. That's useful. Is it? Well, we appreciate any help at this point, really. I bet you do. So, can you help us? I can see you get to Kresik. Something tells me that's been a problem. <coughs> Yeah. It has. I can say it hasn't exactly been the funnest time I've ever had. Though everyone else is very, very good at surviving compared to most people. Good job. Yeah, just stoking the fire around. So what else can you help us with actually confronting the demon? A demon, eh? Yeah, I'm not sure how much uh, the church told you, so... Weren't you dealing with something from beyond the pale? A spirit, a ghost, yeah. But there's more to it than that now. Right, right. I would concern myself with the ghost. One step at a time, then. Yes. Things often have a way of working themselves out when you follow, uh, when you follow the path. So the spirit, then, we just have to destroy its, uh, its fetters, yeah? That's a way to try and deal with the spirit. There's the other way. There are many other ways. Putting a ghost to rest is complicated, and it depends on how much trouble you're willing to deal with in the aftermath. Kresik's already had enough trouble. We want to do this simple and clean. Simple and clean are on the opposite ends of a spectrum. It's something we... It's something you, Giorgio, tend to not quite understand. What would you recommend? This was me. I might have left well enough alone. Perhaps made an effort to consecrate the body properly. Well, it's a little late for that. We don't have the body, but we do have the fetters. At least I think we do. 
The spirit has information you likely do not have, especially if you're talking about fiends and things from beyond. You've made yourselves an enemy, and what you're really looking for is a mutual is a mutual outlay. find that in a murdering ghost. I wouldn't look down on murderers too much. Murders are often very helpful. And she makes a kind of laugh and you hear crows uh, cawing in the, in the trees. Oh, I get it! Oh, that's a great one! Oh, I gotta remember that. Oh, crows. So he's looking the same. They're like, he doesn't get it. I'm I'm with the horse. Ah. But I mean, this was there. Yeah. Like, I thought this was post-horse. Oh, okay. Sure. Yes, yeah, it's later. Okay. Yeah. I thought we were living in a post-horse world. Uh, no, no, then I'll jump into that. Like, uh, I think I might, I might have an idea of someone who might be willing to help us out. Really? Yes. Um, I believe the Mothman will help us. She makes like a, like a kind of splayed hand sign and throws something into the fire and it causes like a little like flare up. There it is. Do tell. Uh, well, I, I believe I've uncovered evidence that he is a benevolent spirit, um, or at least in addition to being a hairbringer and a warning, sometimes also a protector. I believe that he has a link to children. I believe that he has a link to um, Lyson. And, uh, I think we have an understanding with each other. A baker walks down the street and the church stone crushes his head. The wife says it's because the church has it out for him. The children say it's he upset the mountain. And no one just understands it was a loose stone. You have such a knack. And when she says you, she means the general. Like, you people. Looking at a disaster or looking at an avalanche and assigning personality to the stones in it. As if it helps you cope and understand where it came from. The mayor does not have or not have affinity with children. It simply does things when children are often involved. Or conflating two events and building patterns off of it where none might not exist. It's a very dangerous game to play, especially with something as old as from beyond as this particular entity. It's a gamble.
all we can do is work from the evidence that we have, build hypotheses, and then act upon that. And yes, sometimes it involves an element of risk, but you just have to take that chance, especially when the stakes are so high. And does the means justify, and do the ends justify the means? I'm still working that out. But either way, if it can help us put the ghost to rest, I think it's our best shot. <laughs> the sightseer, the omen, does not help. It does not interact in the same realm that the spirits lie. It doesn't really interact in the same realm that other from beyonds lie. What it does do is cause confusion and ripples. It can muddy those two events. If you're looking to cause confusion with the various things you're reaching out to, it's an excellent way to do so. Throwing oil into water or watching paint separate on a hot day. It witnesses events, it doesn't cause them. No one said that. You think it causes things? I think everything causes things. Not these disasters, not the killer or the demon. A stonemason goes up a mountain. He starts carving rocks out of it for the church he's making. He leaves some tools behind. They're made of wood and iron. Few seasons go by, they're heavy tools. The wood rots, the heads break loose. They slide down in a ring, they cause an avalanche. The avalanche causes some problems and a baker one day gets hit by a rock from a church, killing him. Same rock from the mountain, tools from the guy who carved them, avalanche from the mountain that the rocks came from. The two events aren't connected, there's no intent there, but they all came from the same place. When you involve things like what you've been dealing with, they don't cause events. Things don't proceed from them, but adding them means that all those events inevitably will have been preceded by them. The mayor wasn't a part of this until you reached out to the mayor, and now he's always been a part of this. So he can aid us. <laughs> that's that's my takeaway. I'm saying by entangling these powers you don't understand, you're going to get results that people can't predict. This isn't a simple exorcism anymore. Or a poltergeist or putting ghosts to rest. Now it's gotten more complicated. When things get more complicated, there's different ways to resolve them. You have more things to hook onto or climb onto.
So then what options does this open up to us? It's too far outside of my knowledge. I mean, if you've complicated the plot. A restless spirit, murdered without ceremony, needs to be put to rest. It's gotten off of those rails. The cycle can't complete itself. Because the end of that story is, the community comes together, puts it to rest, learns its story, and learns a lesson. You've taken that story off its rails. That's what the mayor does. There's no lesson to be gained. If there's no lesson, there's no conclusion. If there's no conclusion, there's no payoff. If there's no payoff, there's no growth. If there's no growth, there's no emotional resonance. There's no reflection. The community doesn't grow. The lesson about the stone carver causing an avalanche to kill the baker with the church he crafted has no meaning. It's just a series of events that happened that are kind of similar, but nothing, but nothing, it doesn't mean anything. Because you've made the story meaningless, it's very hard to predict how to change it. You have to add meaning to it now. So in order to lay him to rest, the community has to grow? There has to be a lesson. That's what the mayor does. It disrupts that. It scrambles the story. It's like if I were to give you a book and rip out every page and put them back in different orders. Which is fortuitous, because the spirit might have killed you, but it hasn't been very good at interfering with you, has it? No. Restless spirits are often very attached to their fetters in life, and you're carrying around two out of three of them. Hmm. Haven't you wondered why it hasn't showed up more? Maybe it wants us to finish the story here? It doesn't want anything. It's an actor in the story. If I tell you about a good, about a good hail knight rescuing a damsel, the damsel and the knight don't want the story to come to a conclusion. They have internal motivations in the tale. I mean, we know that it was trying to interfere with the thing that was possessing it. Therefore, maybe it still was that? Was interfering with the demon? It's an angry murderer ghost. It wants to be an angry murderer ghost. That's its purpose. That It's, it's conflict. It represents something about you people. You tell your children a ghost story. What's the lesson in the ghost story? Uh, respect the dead, maybe? Don't go outside at night? Bad things happen to good people? Don't eat froth, don't eat old fish? Okay. The ghost serves a purpose. It doesn't have a motivation of wanting closure. It just wants to be a ghost. It should be attacking you and killing you. You should be running from it and struggling, and we're learning new ways to disrupt it, culminating in putting it to final rest and learning something, which can't happen right now. 
because you've included the mare. The mare is like... Have you ever held light up to glass? And the glass splits off into rainbows? Yes. That's what the mare is. Your lives is, is, is the, the morning light. Starts, stops. Illuminates things, shows you things. By bringing the mare in, the light goes in, it splits apart and doesn't make sense. White turns to color. It's more than a dead man coming back from his grave to kill. It's more than a thing from beyond looking to cause mischief. The mayor doesn't operate like that. The mayor only causes stories to break. But by breaking, sometimes it prevents bad things from happening. Poor starving orphans die in the cold. It is sad that there are poor children. Aren't you happy you have a campfire and food and healthy children? But if the children don't die, you don't gain you don't gain appreciation for the life you have. So maybe we didn't know what the story was, and maybe we're supposed to die in it. Therefore, teach a lesson not to get involved with angry spirits. But because the mayor got involved, it's no longer a story about that. It's not about anything anymore. Yeah. You have to you have to give <coughs> this ghost meaning. The ghost doesn't want it. The ghost doesn't understand. I don't think you fully understand, but to deal with this specter, you have to build a lesson out of putting it to rest. You have to form a cohesent, a coherent narrative. So we need to reforge it into an actual story with actual moral to it. There has but to, it goes to fall into the place. Don't go murdering people, or else a group of adventurers will murder. Will put. Will send you. Send you away. More about probably the demon because we also want to deal with that. Have the actual put the ghost to use by preventing the demon from staying here. It and could be a story like that. Yeah. About a man struggling with inner demons. Perhaps this demon is a metaphor. Have you ever heard the story of the Mask of the Red Death? It's an excellent dark Hunese tale. My people talk about it sometimes because it has a bit of history. But in Darkon, the in Illuluk, the capital, many centuries ago there was a plague. Uh, a scarlet fever rushed through. The poor would cough and die. The nobles would cough and die. It, it just killed them off. But there was a castle in Oluk, an estate of burgomasters and noblemen and, and prelates and politicians. And they had not been affected. And they had enough medicine and enough money and enough food to keep themselves isolated from what was going on. And they said that they had the, 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 the eye of Aslan on their side, that you know, their, their king was so pleased with them that he was sparing them with his good graces and his wizardly magic. So they have a ball, a masquerade. They all dress up. 
and they all get together and dance and laugh and have a great time. And one person comes up dressed as death. And he joins with them. And they all think this is ghoulish and in poor taste because people are dying outside while they have this extravagant party. And the ball comes, everyone asks to take off their mask. And the man dressed as death says, but I didn't come with a mask. And the next morning, they all died of scarlet fever. Because the lesson is, no matter how much wealth and largesse and good fortune you have, death comes for everyone. centuries later, it will have exploded. And that's he called death molded. Doesn't really... I don't think I want to go there. No one does. So we need to give it meaning in addition to destroying the fetters, or instead of? You need to find a way to give it meaning, and that might involve either. It depends on the meaning you give it. Is the ghost an evil entity, a wicked creature beyond redemption that has nothing to teach mankind that must be destroyed no matter the cost? Or is it an orphan who is led astray? Or is it a sympathetic figure afflicted with some sort of illness that it being a ghost is a metaphor for? We tell these stories because they're not true, because they say something about our real lives. Because the mayor's been introduced and asked his its help. It has helped you by scrambling the story and letting you write it. Okay. So we need to figure out what would be a good story to teach a lesson that we want to teach and also accomplish what we want to accomplish in the end with it. And that way we can use the ghost, maybe put it to rest, maybe deal with the demon, and pass that on to the people of Kresak. Okay. I can give you another illustration. Have you noticed anything odd happening where... You know when you swing a hammer at a wall and it leaves a crack? Wouldn't it be odd if you saw a crack happen before the hammer swing? That would be pretty weird. Have you any of you seen anything like that happening? With the cause preceding the... Well, the effect preceding the cause, I think that was... It's a, very, it's a very mordant phrase. Yeah, I think we've seen some examples of that. As I'm looking out, Phineas shotgun and some of what you get from yourself. And all the dead Asher bodies. I mean, they're not around, so... Have you seen those cracks show up in the wall before or after you contacted the mayor? Before? Before. And she just kind of puts her hands out like, do you see what I mean? So it messed up the story before it got here? Yes. Because in the future, it will have been contacted? You contacted the mayor. There's no future or past. The past 
the past is, doesn't matter, and the future doesn't exist. There's only now. You contact the mayor. The mayor distorts the narrative. It doesn't predict disasters. The disasters happen, and then it takes them out of context. If it shows up before a fire, the fire is happening, and now people know about it ahead of time. Or the fire happens, and the place is fine the next day. Can we make it leave? Stop interfering? It's too late for that. The mayor is here. You can't take food, you can't take paint out of water. Is it going to keep interfering after we've solved all this? What do you know about Fairfolk? More than I'd like to. How do you keep a Fairfolk out? Offerings, gifts. When you don't want to deal with it that way. Cold iron, salt. We put a circle of salt. A well-constructed narrative with a clear beginning, middle, end, and a lesson to be learned with an abstraction based on real-life events to make the supernatural a stand-in for something that happens in real life is your circle of salt. Alright, so complete the narrative and it'll uh, bugger off. Disasters have no meaning, but the mayor turns them into a broken narrative, and the only way to fix them is to turn them into an actual narrative. This was just a serial killer before the mayor became involved. But now it has to mean something. And it meaning something is something that the mayor doesn't comprehend or can interact with. That will make things normal, as normal as they can. At the end of the day, you only have a demon to deal with. But had you not involved the mayor beforehand, you would have not had the chance to learn about the demon before the demon shows up in the scenario. The demon was controlling this man, right? Yep. If this was a normally structured story, that's something you wouldn't learn until the end of dealing with the ghost. That'll be the twist of the end. You've already learned the twist. There was a story about uh, a father who was a king, and he had a wife, and he was told that his son would be the death of him. So he cut the children's limbs, sliced up his tendons, threw him in the ocean. The child was found, grew up to be a great warrior and a poet and a hero, went back into town, swam back, and one day a cart rolled over his foot where his legs had been slashed. And in anger, he got into a fight with the person in the cart and killed him. That man was his father. If the hero, growing up on the island, learned ahead of time that one day his cart would get run over, his foot would get run over by a cart, and the man he would get angry and kill would be his father, what could he do with that knowledge? Not to go back? That's an obvious one. Anything. 
you have the lesson at the end, or the twist, or the, the continuation of the moral. Now you just need to assemble it as something coherent. I will be honest, when we were looking through back in the church and saw this individual grew up, he did remind me much of the area. I would rather see him as a sympathetic figure. I don't know if he was or not. Facts are irrelevant in stories. Now we can make them whatever we want. Because we'll be the ones telling the story to the village in the end. The whole... Every part of Barovia runs off of this in little ways. Don't go outside after night. Don't let people in you don't know. Why? Because they're strangers and they might have gross sicknesses that'll kill you. Don't give people lives. The stories people tell around the fire in Barovia inform everything about Barovia because the lesson is as important as the fake parts about it. Because the fake parts about it are real because of the lesson. My people have known this forever. Giorgio, you don't... You can't see it from that perspective. If a blood drinker comes into your room because you invite it, you just take at face value that this is a story about a blood drinker. You never remember the lesson that strangers carry diseases that can make you pale and sickly and anemic. Because there are people in places other than Barovia who don't have vampires. And they still know that lesson. So how do you fix this specter? Hmm. We confront the demon? Get it to release its hold on the spirit? The demon and the spectre aren't held together. Make it confront its inner demons? By confronting the actual demon? Yep. Because the spectre started off trying to vanquish the demon. You yep. can help it do that, bring it resolution and redemption. And then it can move on. Because it accomplished. Well, it conquered its demons and that's its life fulfilled. What were its inner demons? Being rejected by the society because he was mute. It was him rejecting the society. There's no right answer here, by the way. Of course, yeah. <laughs> that's one of the two. She makes like, like one of those crow-like cackle sounds you can hear them going in the forest. about what we want to make it about. So by it acting out against the society that rejected him, he fell to the demon. He needs to confront that to be able to live with the society, I guess. Atone for his past mistakes, past transgressions. He seemed perfectly fine when he out in the woods alone. But he started killing people because he thought they were possessed. Even if they were or weren't. Again, facts don't really matter. Can you turn his murders 
and his redemption to summon. He tried to heal the ills of the entire community all by himself. But it can't be it can't be healed or fixed that way by a solitary individual. It requires a group, it requires the community to work together. So if we enlist the help of our community, Crescent. Or just by maybe us as representatives of that community helping him confront the demon. Perhaps he could the other the other that is ready as rage. He wanted to solve these problems by killing all those he thought might harm him. All the those who might that only led to madness and failure. And he became what is an, a, the type of monster feared by uh, the type of monster he was trying to stop. is a little weird for me. You involved the mayor. I wasn't there for that. She doesn't care. She's using the you general. When she says you, yeah. she means everyone in Barovia. Y'all. She means you at italics people. In the condescending racist way. What do you mean people? <laughs> exactly. Y'all. That's exactly how she says it. You people. You did this. You did this. Hmm. The narrative of it takes a village to fix a village sounds a little more coherent. That sounds good to me. I'm just here to make sure no one else dies. My new friends. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think we're gonna go with this. Alright, you you have a plan to fix this? Sort of. You think so? Roddy's very confused. So you get Mothman prophecies. All before I proverb proper. Don't break the fourth wall. I'm just gonna pause. Okay, so what is your plan moving forward now you've gotten some advice? From your magical uh, Vistani person. So Vistani aren't all magical, but she is. I think, and I also think we should just ignore her. She's clearly crazy. I mean, comparison to everyone else here. So our plans go to Krezek, go to the circle, and confront the demon there as the community to show the, to show the ghost that it takes a village to overcome such inner demons so the ghost would join in. We go all together with the power of friendship, take over the demon, and banish it, and that's the end of the story. The ghost can go to rest now, and it's fine. 
And you only have a demon to deal with. Yeah. Well, hopefully with the ghost on our side, we'll be able to postpone him long enough for it not to matter as much. Also, you'll be able to get information from the demon, probably. Or from the ghost. Like, you might be able to actually get info from it. Yep. That's the narrative we're going for. Okay. So, you're at the campfire, it's the afternoon slash evening, like it's getting late in the day. What is your plan? Well, we are going to stay another night, I believe. Yep. And so that we're not traveling at night, we have another point of willpower. Yep. And I think a two-day rest is appropriate, given uh, the crap we put up with the last week. Makes sense. Makes sense. It's good. So, you're going back to sleep. There you go. A little more equipment, maintenance. Yep. How do you guys want to prepare for your inevitable confrontation with a ghost and a demon? Is there a church around here? No, everywhere. Just everywhere. They're always there. Go ahead. So donate any donations or something. And any of you have a good relationship with one of the churches here? I'm afraid they don't like me for some reason. In this particular town, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, like, I attend local services, but I'm not a note to anyone here. I didn't mean, like, just some holy water or... We can go and do an hour of community service and get some blessing or something. No, I'm, I'm gonna go back to Sambai. Okay. Okay. What are the rest of you Joes doing? Uh, light day of community service and... Yeah, I'll help around the thing, try to engage in my virtue of generosity. Alright, willpower recovery. Yeah. How are you guys gonna recover your willpowers? Uh, I Other think... than the sleeps. Other than the sleeps? Uh, I think, yeah, Radu is just going to uh, burn off some of the survival skills by going to the local church that is most not evil and, and offer to help out. They're just churches. Yeah. There's nothing special about them. Does that do any of your virtues or vices? Um, what's your virtual survive? Oh, actually, no, you should do brave uh, survivor gift. Jesus. <laughs> how, do you, how do you use that? That's kind of tough outside of... Uh, outside of party situations. Good the wounded veteran or whatever. I like to, I've like, still got all my limbs. Like your vice is survivor's guilt? Yeah. What's your virtue? Uh, bravery. Bravery. Well, do you want me to work a scene into that? Uh, so you could do a thing? If you really want it. I mean, if you really want it. Do you want the willpower? No. I'm like five. What? You got two. Mm. Level seven. Yeah, that's pretty bad. It's <laughs> pretty rough. That's rough, buddy. Yep, I guess I sort of have to. And I have right, I hasn't been doing much in terms of social interaction or something. So. Okay, bravery scene. I'll think that up. Kevin. I'm going to get blackout drunk and sleep. That's not yet. That's it? No. No. Are you Vice escapism. So. Escapism. That makes sense. Peter. Well, I'm doing some community service in the church. Right. To be generous. And you're going to speak to Sombai. Yeah. What's the theme of your conversation with Sombai, do you think? Like, what's the. What's uh, going on? I want to just find out. Like, he had the Van Richter's Guide to Spirits. I want to find out if he's got anything on demonology. Fiends, eh? Yeah. Did he have a book on fiends? Did he give you that? Did he say he was going to get that? I don't remember. I remember you having a someone having a conversation with Van Richter's Guide to the Fiend. 
Do we ever settle on that? I think we were like, like they exchanged the books so we can study the ghost stuff for a while and then just come back and give back his mechanical Jesus book. New mode of power. Yeah. Yeah. All right. In that case, let me take a few moments to think and we'll move through these scenes then. These little kind of vignettes for willpower recovery and stuff. What's your virtue and vice, by the way? My virtue is loyalty and my vice is obsession. Makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. All right, I'm just going to... All right. Jack Angus, you're going to a church to be charitable? Yep. All right. There is a monastery where people go to get blessings and get, like, just advice and help and a bit of medical attention. You know, uh, cells and drinks and just, you know, guidance on, like, old diseases and, like, you know, setting bones and stuff. Uh, and spiritual stuff. How are you being charitable? What are you doing? How do you approach these people? What's your plan? Well... I guess I say that though, I'd like a blessing and I'd like to like, you know, work on my hands. I'm a, a, well, a barber in the broad sense there. And uh, yeah, I'd like to do my services to them. It's like straight on, you know. Yeah, I don't really try to explain anything beyond that. I think they're okay with such things, you know? right? So you know, they go in and have what they can do with you. Okay. They have someone uh, that they'd like you to take look over because you, you seem to know a lot about medical stuff, right? Like yeah. you're able to give your you're able to kind of like you know sell yourself a bit. Yeah. Okay. But they have someone that they want you to look at. Just come on in. That they're they're having problems dealing with. So um, yeah, we're brought into a room. Uh, there's a woman there. She's um, wearing what looks like. Well, you don't know anything about anything. What do you mean? You don't know anything about Ravenloft, like about the world or what their cultures or clothing or what it means. Not for them. I mean, I've lived here for like a couple of years, so. Yeah, but you live in Barovia. Yeah. So you don't know anything about it. <laughs> Guess not. All right. Uh, this woman looks like she's in her mid to late thirties. She is dressed up in like barded, banded leather male armor, like um, you know, sectioned off and stuff, and um, has all of the kind of swagger and equipment just like in another part of the room, just kind of left off. That makes her look like she's a seafarer, like someone who's like a, a sailor of some sorts. Um, the armor itself. Uh, has a hole in it where it looks like she's been shot. And they've been trying to deal with that, but they don't, they don't, they're not, who knows how to deal with gunshots? Mm. Yep, she's in her 30s. Uh, she actually has an eye patch. Uh, her hair is a dirty blonde color and kind of like unevenly cut and stuff. And she has like little scars and like wounds everywhere. So, what did you get shot by? A gun! Blunderbuss? Blunderbuss? No. I still have my hands and my stomach. Mm. Where'd they pick you up, Sawbones? From Kresik. Really? You don't look like you're from Kresik. I don't know. Too tall. Yeah. I look from around here. Yeah, same. Mm. Same. I do, uh, mercantile runs in around Bluesburg. Mm. Profitable business. 
So we're looking here at single bullet, I'm looking at some shrapnel. What sort of gun was that? How many pieces are we looking for here? Triple barrel rifle. Triple barrel. Okay. Yeah, sawed off stock. I was able to pull out, I think, two of them, but they have this kind of long cartridge that twists because of the rifle. Mm. So, I don't know, I can't find it. Neither could they. Well, let me see if I can find something. I put my little doctor back, take up some longer... What do you call those? Forceps. For, yeah. Forceps. Yeah. Forceps. Clamps and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, take something for the pain and let's get to it. She takes out a bottle of... Ah, uh, oh, damn. This is where... Uh, I can't remember the name. Oh, no. No. This was it. I don't remember the name. Reference or something? It is a reference. Let me pause. God. <laughs> she actually has a bottle of Sleemans. Which is a actually fairly well-known... Uh, Booze. Okay. From Earth. Oh. I guess my character would know that. Yes, it's been around since the 1600s. It's kind of famous. <laughs> oh, where did you find that one? I, so, I distribute it. You distribute it? Yeah. Oh. We got a few cases off of a merchant run. Oh. Full ship full. Mm. We can also get that where I come from. That's why. I don't. Uh, I don't think you can. Oh, you'd be surprised. Not, uh, not unless you're heading down the the riverways we head down between Bloodspur and the Core. Mm. Yeah. Well, let's get to it. Leave that hanging. All right. I mean. Roll well, doctoring. Well, should I say, oh, well, actually, I'm from a you know prison colony. She's like, me too. <laughs> We're pirates. Yeah, or how about they just leave prison? One. Oh yeah, it uh, had ricocheted and broken apart, so you're able to pull it out, out shards and stuff. Yeah. You're good. Perfect. Alright, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Ah, good job! Yeah. It was kind of hard, but hey, that's what I'm here for. Just like rolls the bottle over to you. Thanks. And give it back when you're done taking a drink, <laughs> asshole. Okay. Fucking fuck. Right? If I hand you my hat, you'd be like, thanks! doctors. Stealing my blood. Stealing my liquor. Hey, I saved your life there. That thing would have just brought it away <laughs> in the end. <laughs> the dead poison link. I was trying to share a drink with you. My god. We were having a moment. <laughs> As we were. Alright, you get your charity. Get back your willpower. Wait, who you were going to do bravery? You were talking to what's his name? Bravery was new to you, or was that guy? Ah, now I know who you're talking to. Yes! So, Asher. Getting drunk. All the you have money, right? 
Yes, I have money. And you went to... Where did you go to drink? There are a lot of drinky places. Just some hole in the wall. Some hole in the wall? Alright. What are you drinking? Beer. Any sort of beer, really. They have It's beers. not really choosy. So. They have beers. They have a lot of that stuff. Mostly because this place is a winery. There are vineyards everywhere, so booze is kind of a thing. Alright. Uh, how drunk do you get? Extremely. Blackout drunk? Pretty much to the point of blackout, yeah. I want to forget. Alright, well you're ordering one round too many. And one of the, there's a guy at the counter, like not behind the counter, he's beside you, it's like, you're uh, you're having a little too much there, eh? Am I? You're gonna hurt yourself. Sleeping off some wounds helps when I have a few in me. Uh, a few's one thing. You're gonna kill your liver. Yeah. They're gonna have to fish one out of the. They're gonna have to fish one out of a few fish for you. Uh, if it cuts my lifespan down a few, maybe I'll live as long as one of you. So. Oh yeah, you're a pointy hat, aren't you? Kind of pulls his hat up just enough to show off the ears. Yeah, like a red cap. Less stabby, usually. Well, needle teeth—they're awful. Why the concern? Oh, just. Seems like a shitty thing to do. Might hurt yourself. Might. But if it's just me, it's not gonna hurt anyone else. Yeah, I, uh, I know someone who's kind of like that. She's a bit of a bitch about it, but you can't really just go about doing that. People have connections. No one's an island. Wives. Yeah, I getcha. Ah, uh, more like, uh, more like bosses. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, we got she a has coke. a controlling share, so to speak. And what? Here? No, 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 just business arrangement. It's an interesting thing to drop. Casual conversation with a stranger. Just, just shooting the shit, man. Talking about drinking. Right. What kind of business you in? Pirate. Really? Yeah. She'll gussied up by calling it free enterprise, mercantilism, blah, blah. Like You're gonna cut the bullshit. We, yeah. we attack ships and we steal. And we don't try to kill them, but we do take away their life. It's just as bad. You're pretty open about this. I mean, we're, we're landlocked here. It's not like our reputation's going anywhere. We are, actually. What are you doing in Barovia? We were trying to do a rum run, and uh, we took a wrong turn, and we ended up in your lake. He like, points out the window of this shitty bar to the side of the lake where there's a full galleon... <laughs> Uh, just run ashore. <laughs> you were fucking misled. I got you. Yeah, we were missled. Yeah, that happened a few times. Just run a car caravan. It's never too far, but it happens. Right? So, how do you expect to get back? We're gonna wait for, uh, kind of the rain to come on in, and the day after the rain lifts, we figure we head out at night and kind of just go around until, uh, something happens. Kind of hope it takes just... <laughs> Yeah, just be careful. The sea's around here. We're not around here, but uh, there's some rough patches. I've heard tales. You got a bad case of devilman problems under the uh, under that lake. So I've been told. Yeah, them and talking ghosts. Ghosts tend to keep to their cells. You'd be surprised. Yeah, fair enough. Sometimes the dead are a bit more active than you'd hope. This guy, by the way, is covered head to toe in, uh, like, scar stitching. 
Like, every part of his, like, skin and face showing have, like, deep surgical marks all over him. Scarification or injury? Uh, like, heavy surgery. Like, there's still, like, metal-like, like, staples in some parts of his face. His eyes are two different colors. You look like you've had a few encounters with... Pirate's life! You win some, you lose some, but... Hey, every time you take a bit of them with you, right? Fair enough. You, and no offense here, you kind of look like you've been tossed to the sharks a few times. Yeah, more than once. It's too cold on the uh, on the Sea of Soros for them. Once you get inland near the islands, it warms up a bit, and then you get sea devils and uh, hungry fish. You, know, you got to be careful when you're in the open ocean. There's cold things out there. Cold. Like what? Hard to describe. Shapes on the water. Imagine you're out in the middle of the ocean. Nothing but water. As far as you can see it. Deep below, the water's dark. But then the cloud cover breaks. Sunlight comes in. And you realize that it's not the shadows of the clouds above. There's something big under the boat that's moving slowly. You cut your sails, you wait, you hope you listen, and hope it doesn't notice you. Sometimes they surface. Sounds dangerous. Yeah. But at least we don't have to work for a living. True enough. True enough. What's your name, Pointy Cap? Asher. And you? Every man. It's an interesting one. Nickname? Uh, it's more like a family name. You know, some people are Coopers, some people are Smiths. That sort of deal. Family name. Got a first name or? Sleeman. Sleeman. Huh. Yeah. Takes all sorts. Yeah, I'm not too happy with it because there's like man in both names. It seems redundant. But, ah, you yeah. know, it's fun. You know, you can always just stick around here. Yes. You don't stay in places like Kresik and Barovia. People get squirrely about outsiders, about people that are different. I gotcha. They're, uh, they're big fans of pitchforks and torches and fire. I don't like fire. It's bad. Trust me, pretty much the entire lot I uh, throw my hat in with were all kind of like that, so... You're hanging out with uh, the crow outside. The woman, yeah. Well, that's one way to call it. That's one thing to call her. Yeah, Stani, the... Uh, you don't think she is? I think there's more to her than meets the eye. If you have the right, he kind of like taps his left eye, which is like, it looks like it's blind and has like a like kind of a blue, like almost a goat pattern to it. Hmm. Gotta have the right set of eyes, though. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, one of my companions, he's kind of got a knack for that kind of thing. Hmm. Trouble. Hmm. But she's helping us, so... Yeah. Ain't gonna go into too much detail. I think it's safer when people don't know. But... Passing ships in the night, I know. I get it. Yeah. Can I, uh, get you a drink? Yeah. You know what? Here, I got something from, like, he has, like, a pack with him, and he pulls out a bottle of Sleeman's. From Earth. It has Earth writing on it. Uh, this ain't tepid. It ain't, uh... Just kind of looking over the print, which he 
actually has seen before. He recognized the patterns. That's Jack's of bullshit. Least. Yeah. It's bullshit Jack language that he made up to feel special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Prison Island. Yeah, actually. Every once in a while we hit this place up. It's great. Really? Huh. Yeah, they have mer merchant vessels going to and fro, so we, we just knock them over. I guess he ain't always full of shit. It's great. They're prisoners, so they have no government or laws or protection. <laughs> yeah, they're prisoners. All right. We'll just drink that down. <laughs> I also order something like local for this guy, like yeah. wine or something. He grabs something off the menu that's local that he hasn't had before. Mm -hmm. Well, I gotta go see my boss. She uh, she's getting some uh, work done at a church. They gotta pull some bullets out. We had a run-in with a few people who fought back uh, before we crashed here, so. <laughs> Gotta see if I still have a job. Safe travels. Yeah, see you later, pointy hat. He, uh, he leaves like a necklace on the counter and uh, walks on out. Yeah, I'll take that. It is a piece of eight. It's a piece of money with a hole shot through it on a chain. Huh. Gonna put that around the Australian currency. Well, neat. I'm going to take that as a sign of good luck and put that around my neck. I also take that onyx button and like, thread that on as well. That's your scene. You got to escape from everything, so you get your willpower back. Yeah, he drank until he passed out. And you got to hang out with... He is a literal flesh golem. Yes, I figured, he, yes. He, I, I, he is the created. That's yeah. the term for them. I have to be frank. I got your reference. <laughs> he even had a stein with him. And then we'll cut to you and Sombla. 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 I have problems with names. It's it's fine. I can't do it, man. Name. Even if I make the name, it's just not happening. Sombla. Right? Sombla. Okay, so you're gonna go meet up with him. Yeah. Uh... I was wondering if you had any books on fiends? Why ever would you want that? Reasons? <laughs> That's the best answer ever. He like pulls a cord next to his counter and the blinds close. Do you really want them to move? <laughs> <laughs> he like closes, turns the sign around. He reaches with his long elfin arms and turns the sign around on his door. I, uh, the people here don't, you know how people are with their hysteria Yeah, things that are unnatural. People can be a little closed-minded and emotional. It that just comes with the territory. Certain people have to carry the torch of knowledge among the darkness of ignorance. I think I understand what you mean. Um, you know I'm more open-minded than most of mine. You have to be careful if he carries this torch or this will be burned. That'd be very bad. Fire can be very bad. Oh, you're a new Promethean. 
So uh, he kind of gestures to take you to the basement. I'll follow. And there's a wine rack full of like elfin wines and stuff. That he kind of just pushes aside, and like there's it's, it's just a wall, but he like moves it to move it over and stuff. It's very well hidden because elves are really good at noticing secret doors. <laughs> in D and D, they get that bonus even from AD and D. You get a secret door bonus. And yeah, that leads into a room that has a cellar door, and that cellar has a ladder, and like the cellar door even is hard to see, so it's just like an empty room that has like, you know, some boxes and stuff in it, and then you move some boxes, so it has that door up. And there is a small room with a desk with like lamps that, uh, you know, don't seem to run on um, oil, because that would smuffocate them. Uh, but there's like a small like bookshelf that has like locks and stuff on it. And he just kind of leans up, leans back on the desk. And, uh, you know, he, 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 like, shakes the lamp a bit, and there's, like, grubs in there that are giving off luminescent light. And he just kind of pours some, like, sugar water in to, like, brighten up the room. What are we looking for? Shit, what are we looking for? <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about here when we say fiends? Let me describe... Hypothetical one to you. Say something large, roughly cat like, never quite where you look at it. Tentacles coming off of the back. Smart. Smarter than anything like that has a right to be. Does. Are the claws adhesive? The back claws. The tentacle claws? Uh, I believe so, yes. There's a reference in one of these. You like, uh, there, there's a series of books on the counter. Do you want to, mm -hmm. like, see if you can, like, read the spines or anything? Sure, yeah, I'll, I'll take a look. They, like, look over shoulder a bit. One's labeled The Broken Winged Crane. One's called uh, The Book of Vile Darkness. Another one is called, um, A Treatise, A Treatise on Supremacy by one Aslan Rex. Uh, and it looks like it's penned, like, by hand. Uh, An Atlas Shrugged by Einberg. No, no, no. This is a library, not a fucking children's messy drawing collection of garbage. Yeah. And he grabs one book called uh, Libram Vecna. Just off it. And it's clearly bound in human flesh with a face on it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, uh, it has, like, the face, and one of the eyes is open and, like, has, like, a mummified lens in it, and the other one has been cut out and, like, looks slashed. And he just starts going through it, and like one page like folds out a bit, like a map, and like he kind of puts it out under the light, like this. And yeah, it's like a, it's a picture in H.R. Giger style, like that that sleek dragon like xenomorph design, but yeah. with like piping and uh, wires coming off of it. It's a very stylized design of like normal fun. Yeah, that uh, that looks about right. And the image almost seems to like change and dance across the light, like. You can see it, it's like one part of the page and then it's a little bit back and a bit around. Almost like it's doing that, sh that shadow cat phasing on the page. And do these demons ever work with other demons? Like, do they come in packs? Are there known associates of this particular? These are... He like, he, like, poses the picture, and he's like, these types of creatures exist in an ecology. Uh, and these ecologies are usually broken into 
replicatable and definable categories. They're split along one line. There's the lesser and the greater. The great sir, and the great controls the small, and the small serves the great. The smaller are they have an intelligence, a mind to them, but they're not complex enough to control anything. So you know, usually have three or four in the psychology that are the lesser. We'll have a very simple expression of what it means to be this type of fiend. They'll have like a defining principle. They'll have a, a, a thesis statement about them. So it'll be split along the greater and the lesser the statement. And it'll be explored in different ways, almost like a, almost like a college thesis. And the lesser, they'll explore the very blunt, very obvious parts of it, almost like a child, you know, talking about a book they read once, not understanding the new ones. So you'll have one that's very small and simple. It'll be kind of the most baseline. And then you'll have one that's smarter, and it'll, it'll have more knack to it. It'll have abilities that don't match up with the natural laws of the world. Well, things that only make sense in its ecology. And they're able to gather together and and cause tears, cause pulls like the moon over the water to bring in bigger things. And the, the predators, they exist at the top of the lesser chain. The predators don't hunt things in their ecology. They represent the most vicious part of it. They represent disposable foot soldiers. They're sort of the, the, the most bluntest part of the thesis given tools. And that's where the shadow cat lies. Have you seen anything smaller than lesser? Yeah. Wicked? I would say so. Did it look like... It wouldn't look like a carnivore or a predator. It, it would look like, like a scavenger. raccoon? Yes. Face, the wash bear. Hands. Like a wash bear. Yes. Little hands, like a man? Yeah. That would be the middle one. There's one that comes before it, and they're more like the prey. And they exist just to bluntly enforce the idea. Have you seen anything like that? What kind of form would it take? Very simple. Almost like a child's drawing. don't exist without the scavengers. The scavengers don't exist without the prey. So there's a link in the ecology that we're missing. If you don't have the baseline, it's very hard to determine what the thesis is. But what what is the what does the predator and the scavenger have in common? Have you seen anything else? Invisible creature. What do you mean invisible? I mean like it was a miasma of force. It would whip around the ground, the trees, but it didn't have any substantial form of its own. Did it? Was it? Was it whipping things around, or were the things moving of their own power? I think things were moving of their own power. Were they changing? Yeah, they were becoming corrupted as it touched it. That's transpossession. 
The lesser creatures can't do that. They're too simple. That would be... And he, like... He, like, like, he's kind of, like, drawn a sketch of, like, kind of, like, circles and stuff and, like, lines. That would be on the other side. They're greater. They're ancient. They're old. They have power you can't comprehend. And a malignant will. And once they get in, they'll start replacing people. And they'll start replacing animals. They'll start to, to bring in... They'll take predators and replace them with their predators. Scavengers with their scavengers. Prey with their prey. Is there a way to tell when it replaces people? He like gestures to the picture of the shadow cat. Oh, be that kind of people. He like starts going on the shelf and grabs a book written in Barovian that um, it's called, uh, it, it, it's simply like called I Strahd. And just kind of goes through it. There's there's old diaries from Zerovich the First where he talks about this. It's called Possession Sign. And like there's like full like autopsy diagrams of various things that have been cut up and stuff. Strahd the First was a science. He was a man of reason, a man of knowledge, a learned person. And like yeah, it's like a skull that's been opened up, and in the inside where the brain is, there's like you know like raven feathers crawling along the inside of the skull, yeah. or like the eyes have it, or like some of the teeth have been replaced with like predator teeth and stuff. These would be your warning signs of transpossession. Nothing that you could really discern before you decapitate them. It starts slow and insidious. People get a bargain from the deal. They get something from it. Stronger, uh, more hardy, better able to do what the, the fiend wishes, but the fiend starts to take control. As it progresses, when it starts to reach its terminus, transposition is different from actual possession. Transposition is replacing. By the end of it, the demon has replaced person, the person has been replaced where the demon came from. And is there any way to thwart that? Hmm. Exorcism? Giving the demon a better place to go? Or... He, like, he's going through his library. There was... Fiend and I strawed. I was in Aslan's fort. This. He like posts a, he shows you a picture of like a man. It's a tall, lengthy man that's like, you know, made of charcoal basically, with like eyes that are like a black hole and like a, a jack-o'-lantern-like grin. And he's stretched out and like has a hand like towards the page, and it almost seems to move and shift like it's watching you. Strahd and Aslan had dealings with this thing. It's called the Gentleman Caller. It's a fiend that's been in multiple diaries and accounts I found going back centuries, maybe millennia. And it's powerful, old. It, it haunts um, the southern core, the southwest, um, 
it was last spotted in NVIDIA, where the Dukar rose before he was killed. The Dukar was this half Vistonian hybrid, uh, a male witch, a cursed child, had witch fingers and abilities and a genocidal bloodlust. He was killed some years ago. He was part fiend. He was a child of the gentleman. There are diaries, accounts that I got from a church of Ezra in Durkheim and Demetlo about a group of people that hunted the caller. They came through here not too long ago, four or five years maybe. They met with the current straw in Castle Ravenloft. That doesn't happen very often. One of them had loose lips. He talked in the bar. They met with Strahd, and Strahd gave them some of Strahd the First's private knowledge. Books on necromancy, books on fiend summoning. They were going to trap an ensorcelled hell and then slay it while it was bound. There was a catch. Fiends like this greater fiends, things like the caller, things like your force, your possessor, your transposer. In the lands of mists, in the living world, their power, they're not like us. We have two souls. We have the animal soul. Have you ever been woken up and attacked someone? Like someone wakes you up and you strike out at them? Yeah. That's the animal soul. It's, it's the meat, our flesh. But our brains, they hold the soul of the enlightened mind. The soul that knows about reason and math and it. The soul that can see itself in the mirror and know that that's me. The collar is too big to fit in one form in the lands of mist. So when they arrive here from their hell, the, 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 their, their mind, their, their enlightened soul, it becomes their body. It becomes their power. But have you ever been to a sanitarium? I have. There are men in there that have no mind. There are men in there that the doctors and their attempts to fix their maladies have scooped out most of their brain and their soul. But the meat still lives. The meat is what keeps the enlightened mind alive. So these fiends, their souls, their animal soul, what we would call that, it splits off and escapes. It only wants to survive. Because if the animal soul dies when you kill the enlightened body, the fiend is gone. It goes nowhere. If you kill the enlightened body and the animal spirit survives, the enlightened body regrows and comes back. There's a word for it. It's in one of the Van Richten books. One of the ones that you're not allowed to buy in Dark Gone. Enderton's Guide to the Ancient Dead, where he says that the Lord of Darkon, the Wizard King Aslan Rex, is an ancient dead thing who, who put his soul in a jar to live forever, even if his body's destroyed. The word is phylactery. A box where your soul is kept. A box where you put your death in. 
this great demon would also have a phylactery of sorts. It's put its death in a box. It happens when they come here from their hell. Vecna. Like, he says the name quietly and like brings out the book on Vecna. Like, it's a Bible, basically. Like, Libra Vecna is, a, is an evil cult Bible. Vecna came from the same place the demons come from. He was a god. He used to live where the Shadow Rift was. His whole world was there. Do you remember it? Have you ever heard of it? No. No one does. But it used to be there. He has, like, old maps that show it. He actually has a map he pulls out of a case that shows, like, the Shadow Rift being there that's dated, like, 600 years ago. This is a map from Illuluk before it was destroyed, the Darkenese Library. And this map was made only 100 years ago. And it's from the Libri Vecta. Look, the land is there. In the old map, it isn't. You know why that is? The Vecna book isn't wrong. The Darkon book changed when the land disappeared. Something changed, and it changing it altered things before. Like a ripple in a pond. Vecna was just like Aslan. It was a thing that put its death in a box, and it lived in the Shadow Rift. And then something happened to it, and the land of Vecna, where this book came from, vanished. And every map in the libraries of Illuluk, and every map in Barovia, and every map I've ever come across, maps that predate this map, changed. Traveler's guides, diaries, uh, uh, accounts even in I Strahd. How would you even start to look for a phylactery of a demon? The demon would know. And if you could track down a body it possessed and purge it, the body would know. Do you know anyone the demon possessed? I just might. It would know. The demon can't be killed. You can destroy it. You can stop it. But it'll come back again and again and again and again because its death is in a box. You find that box, you can free its death. Thank you. Once again, you've been very helpful. Just let me know how it plays out. I'd be very interested to get a first-hand account of this fading current. Maybe if you find that box, you can show me it. It's not one day everyone comes across a box that holds death. And I... I'm old. I have a lot more years on me, but... Imagine how much better my library could be if I could learn just a little bit more. bring you all the information I can, but I can't guarantee that if I find that box, I will just destroy it right there. You need to be careful when you have it, though. That's where the fiend lives. And destroying it in the wrong way will create a backlash that might cause other problems. There's a hole. The Shatter of a hole. Something used to be there. At least two entire continents. Two entire nations. 
gone so bad, gone so thoroughly that you don't remember them. As far as I know, maybe at least 50, 60 years ago, it was here. There were trade routes going through it, straight through Darkon, straight to Barovia. I'll keep that in mind. I have manuscripts that talk about these boxes vaguely, in roundabout ways. But together, we might be able to unlock it in such a way that we both get what we want. I'll keep that in mind. Kind of like packs up and kind of just moves you guys out of. I want to be lich. The creepy demon library. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was something that I come across a, a while back. Uh, someone had a character like that. It was like they were a young elf, and even when they were young, they wanted to be a lich because they were that selfish. <laughs> they have all the time in the world, and they do anything just a little. So that's what's in the mind, probably. We're trying to get us also fearing. That's my guess, at least. We'll see. So, what was your vice or virtue? Uh, loyalty and obsession. I think obsession. Okay. Because you were clearly just hanging around a bunch of evil books. Bunch of evil books. Like my, the... my willpower is at full, so. Oh, that's a shame. You still indulge your vice. Do you get beats for that? No. Aw. Yeah, those books, that collection, uh, basically creates their own sinkhole of evil under the uh, bookstore. <laughs> They're not good. <laughs> he has a copy of uh, of Strahd's diary. There's a copy of the fucking Broken Wing Crane. Yeah. <laughs> Don't open it. Don't read the book. Give me the Evil Dragon Blush. Right? <laughs> and now we move on to Radu. So, scene of bravery. What are you up to in town? Well, uh... That's, that's the thing is... Yeah, Radu doesn't really seek out bravery. It's oh, yeah, the like, fact that... Diegesically, Radu's not seeking out bravery. Yeah. But you, the player, and me... The player are, would probably but, uh, get a few items from the market and then was planning on heading down to the church and just offering to... Do some sweeping up and that sort of thing. Chop some firewood. Okay. Um, he could potentially run run into a bunch of things in town, you know, on his way through doing errands. Have you met Newt? I was not here when when the last time that. There's been like two or three times she's come up. Have you ever met her? I think he joined the game after we left this village. God damn it. Yeah, I have no idea. So. There. On the other hand, my character is a nice uh, person. Well, also, and a native of uh, not this particular area, but Barovia. So, I mean, so it's everyone, but yes. All right. Uh, what are you buying? What are you getting? What are you buying? Well, New Cloak was the definite, uh, definitely, probably some, uh, you know, some coal to darken his hair for when. Uh, it goes gray oh, from the fight. festival of, of blackness comes up and everyone dyes their hair black. And uh, let's see, uh, so, you know, probably needs a lecture land. Oh no, I, uh, maybe a lantern oil. 
and probably some stupid things like sprigs of holly or whatever particular herb is lucky. Sure thing. So, um, while you're shopping, there's a kid watching you. Like, she's working in the shop and, like, you know, cleaning up and stuff. Uh, but, like, they're just, like, watching you so you, like, get to work. Okay. Um, she has a necklace around her neck, and it looks like the same kind of weird symbol um, that you saw on the statue that um, Phineas found. Okay. There's your hook. All right. Okay, so, oh, I think I've seen that, that necklace before. That's Ezra, right? Where'd you see it? It was uh, in the in the basement of one church we came into, another church we came into. You know the light man? The light man? The bright man. He has bright eyes. Do I, do I, I mean, do I, is there an obvious occult reference to that that, uh, right Moths have there? big shiny reflective eyes and they're terrorizing you and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of, um, moths around. As well. He must have sent you. It wouldn't be the first time. That's great, because I was looking for someone, so he sent you. What do you what do you looking for someone to do? I lost some. Oh. What did you lose? She was wrong. Oh, that's my sister. Oh. When did she when when last night? She, she did not come in? We were out playing and she fell and uh, disappeared. She didn't fall far, but I can't go in there alone. Okay, let's go get your sister. All right, so yeah, Ryan, you. She certainly knew out of town. Okay. All right. <laughs> I think it's like, what, midday or something? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or no, or was this still like in the afternoon before you guys went to bed? I think it might be because he's getting blackout drunk and you went to the doctors. Yeah, I think we uh, had a nap and then was with them standing and then all of this. Alright, so it's afternoon, so sun's okay. going down. She brings you out to a forest clearing where they've built like crude little shacks and little like tree houses and stuff, and it looks like there's like debris and stuff all around, like kids play here. But it's very far outside of town, it's very unsafe. Yeah. We're getting closer. Good. This is a little far out of town for kids to play. Well, it's where we go where the adults aren't. Of course. I remember such times myself. Oh, really? Many years ago, yes. That's cool. Eventually she, like, there's like a little, like, crick that she starts walking down, and the crick, uh, feeds into, like, a little, like, hole. And she starts crawling. Looks very familiar. Yeah, just crawl into the hole. Okay. All right, I'll 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 try and get in as well. Yeah, it's a little small for you, but you're able to weasel in. Okay. Uh, it's like a drop down, and then you're on like a little plat plateau, and you're in like an underground like cave. Okay. She like, uh, like she has a lamp that yeah, she like starts up. Yep, yeah, I'll got it. Keep going as well. So the uh, yeah, we'll just keep keep going. 
Right. I can't go any further. Too scary? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, Radu is not the brightest guy in the world, and he's not never particularly cared for his own, safe, his own safety, so... Yeah, he'll 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 go look for this sister. Hello. He calls out. She's very quiet. Okay. All right, you're walking through the cave. It's winding. It has that water going through it, and there's like hanging stuff everywhere. There's signs that kids have played here. There's like rock, like like white chalk carvings on the wall and stuff of like kids and a, and a large man with big white eyes. No, when you're walking, you're like kind of walking on like um, sounds like you're walking almost on like like shells from nuts. Okay, like peanut shells. Yeah, look down and the moth carapaces and teeth. Teeth, lovely. Lots of teeth. Well, that's ominous. Yeah, uh, some of them have been carved, some have been painted, some have numbers on them and stuff. It looks like they've been throwing teeth. Some are burned and then put into a fire. Okay, I, I'm guessing that that I have some idea of the. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to unpack. But <laughs> is teeth associated with any particular fortune telling, voodoo, witch stuff? I remember us finding a crap ton in the uh, the last time we were walking away from a hole like this. <laughs> yeah, there's coins on the ground too and stuff, like just mixed in with the teeth. Roddy, there's no way Roddy's gonna pick up the coins. That sort of danger he is. <laughs> We're we're done with money. What? Yeah, we no more money. no more bad pennies. You don't pick up pick up teeth in a sh that have been left as like a shrine to something. There are dolls hanging from the ceiling that have like human hair in them and stuff. They've been made with twine and have little button eyes and stuff. Okay. And some of them have like a little tooth wrapped around them. Brad just stops and gives like a brief sort of like nod of respect and like some various prayers to things, some good fortune and stuff like that. And continues on. Eventually, you get to like a smaller, almost amphitheater style cave. Uh, and there's like a hole in the wall, and uh, the river kind of leads into it. And there's like a lot of like child drawings around the cave of like people holding hands and like arrows and stuff. Mm -hmm. And even like like a carpet led into the like like drawn onto into the mouth leading up to it. There's like so scrap that again. So imagine like a wall. Yeah. And it has like an overhang like an amphitheater almost. And, okay. Like, there's a lot of like a slope behind you where people would be sitting down to look in. Mm -hmm. you like a fire pit. And there's like a little like mouse hole style hole that's probably child sized where the river runs kind of into it and there's like drawings all around it. And it's really dark. Hello? Your voice doesn't echo through. Okay. All right, head over and take a look into the, 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 uh, the hole with the light first. When you bring your light to it, there's like large strips of uh, leather with fur on them over top, like black wolf fur that are kind of like moving in the, the vague wind, and you hear breathing from inside. Oh, lovely. Hello? Does anyone who needs help in here? The, uh, the, the fur kind of parts at the bottom, and a hand starts to reach out, like yeah. at, the, at the bottom, like near your feet. The hand has long, multi-jointed uh, fingers. It's broad, maybe two hands put together. The fingers end in talons and are covered in like feathers and stitching and have lots of tattoos on them. Uh, and there are six fingers on the hand. Okay, so, all right, this sounds like something very specifically that comes under superstitions and occults. 
Yes. Can Ryan do identify? He's certainly not going to like, oh, hi, how are you doing? That seems like a terrible, terrible Go for idea. it. Let's see where we go. On a fail, I'm going to give you such interesting information to act on. Dramatic failure. Get the beats. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow, well, not so much on the fails. Uh, success. Oh, boy. Let me see what I got here for you. You want success? Yeah. That's a hag hand. Awful witches that live in the forest. So the hand isn't out to accept stuff, the hand's just moving out like it's lightly groping around near where your feet are. Okay. Hags are straight up capital E evil, right? Hags complicate life. Hags make things difficult. Hags upend the natural social order in most societies. Hags give you hexes, yo, you don't get hex. People go to hags to solve problems that some people think shouldn't be solved. And also they eat children. Depends. Hags are like a thunderstorm or like a river. It does what it does and it doesn't care about you. Okay. Roddy sighs. He's peeking sort of. There's a little girl looking for her sister who came down here. In your voice, what do you bring for the little girl? What do you want? Do you have chocolate? That's a good question. Does he keep chocolate, or does he eat that tasty treat? I don't. Yeah, Rad, Radu probably does not have any chocolate simply because I can't think of any. That's a pretty wealthy right? thing to have. If he was really Do you have uh, Chocolate is not something I normally care for. It is so sweet and delicious. Oh, I agree. Do you have gold? Don't talk to me about pressed coins with lead inside. Rich, soft, warm gold. Mother Earth. If I were to bring you this, that would suffice. Tastes change. Some want chocolate now, some want meat later. Do you have it now? Do not have it now, I'm afraid. Children's teeth. Shiny and white. Crunch and they break and they're smart little pearls. I do. And it kind of turns upside down. I have always kept my own. My god! <laughs> and it turns upside down. You will trade it for it? Yes. Okay. I. Brad, I, says the hand just creeps back into the hole. They're shuffling, and you can hear almost like maybe wings and maybe like a calling sound. And then another hand, the opposite hand, comes out, and in it is a child's skull. It's been tattooed and carved, and like there's been like metal and stuff put into it, and it looks old. It's not fresh. Okay. Yeah, he actually. Yeah, Roddy knows about about, about bargains. 
Supernatural creatures might frack you on a deal, but they generally don't just instantly stab you. So it just you know, crawls back on and slowly caressing the ground and disturbing the dirt and water as it does. Have a nice rest. So tired, dear. Tell your mother. Call your mother when you get home. Of course. She worries. Ready, miss? <laughs> uh, yeah, so you got that skull. Okay, that's wonderful. Out of the cave? That was fucking weird. Evil for this. Alright, so I'm gonna look around, really head back, really not expecting that the girl's going to be there. Oh, she's right she... there. Oh, okay. She's actually eating some chocolate. You size, uh. Hey, mister. Yeah. How'd it go? I made a deal. I'm afraid your sister is, uh. Do you have her? She is sitting. Oh, good. Let me see. This is what is left of your sister. There she is! She takes a skull. Yeah. Thought I'd lost you. I'm sorry, I was playing and she fell. The current carried her away and I didn't have anything. Ravi raises an eyebrow, but <laughs> depressingly, this is not all. This is. She, on her clothing, she has a loop that clicks into some of the metal on the skull and just kind of hangs there next to her. And in retrospect, makes more sense. I wouldn't guess you wouldn't want to lose that. It's very special. I had to trade to get it done up like that. Jack smiles and like you can hear like shifting sounds from the bag she has under her clothes and stuff. Okay. Yes, I would be very careful in this cave in the future. Oh, it's not so bad. It's a nice place to, to rest and just, you know, there's stuff to eat down here. I got a job sweeping at the barbers, so I'm kind of a favorite around here. You, you make the connection that barbers are where people get teeth pulled. Yeah. <laughs> and she is supplying this hag with connections to people's lives via teeth. Get your bravery willpower. Okay, yeah, that was totally <laughs> worth it. You hung out with Newt and her sister. Little sister. Lilith. No. You don't want to meet Lilith. You uh, leave this nightmare. Yeah, this sounds like a good, good place to come back. There you go. Everyone got their little event scene. <laughs> I'm presuming you only up back at the inn. Yep. Oh, no, the, the cafe, the chalet. So, all of you are collected, and it looks like, I don't know, maybe you're all lost in thought over various things that went down. Maybe not. Right, he just orders like, he just orders, <laughs> he just orders three heavy ales, just like way more than he normally drinks. Very good. Someone comes in a little, maybe not as drunk as they thought they'd get. Oh, you bought beers for us. That's that's mighty kind of you. 
and I'll just take one of those up to my room. <laughs> you guys hang out and talk about your day at all with each other? I went to a cave with many teeth. It was actually more pleasant than the last one, which is kind of a shocking thing to say. Oh, well, the Newt's cave? Oh, yes. Like, Newt? Who's Newt? That little girl around here collects teeth. Just a local urchin. Yeah. She likes them for some reason. Yes. Pretty cute, but sweet. I ended up, yes. <laughs> I found out that the demon likely has a reservoir of power we'll have to destroy in order to defeat it for good. Wow. You know what sounds like a good place to keep their power at? Is a magical fairy circle out in the woods that people don't approach. So maybe we'll luck out in that regard. Well, the ghost should know the location of the phylactery. So assuming the plan goes according to plan, and we get him to redeem himself and fight the demon, he should be able to tell us where it is. I would think that, it, though that is a pretty good guess, I would say there were the mine. Yeah, I mean, they wanted to get something to the mine. There's also afraid of something in the mine. That sounds like something. There was that shrine in the mine, not the uh, electronic Christ one, the the barbed wire coin one. I mean, what is the, an electronic Christ? I don't even know. Oh, Theo, do you have that book back? It's, a, it's astoundingly unimportant. It's a, yeah. Make the Mega Death Christ! Oh, it's something else we have to put to rest. Who's that merchant called? Well, I mean, we dealt with the merchants, so. I mean, the town dealt with the merchants. We just gave them a push. See? Community! <laughs> Came together, solved its own problems. Everybody lynched them, so therefore nobody lynched them. <laughs> yup, just like Roadhouse. So, we're gonna get some rest or what? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, another ale will be about ready for a nap. Might be prudent to still keep up with a watch. <laughs> Alright, well, then I think time progresses. You all go to bed and get up and get your willpower back. The next morning, you pack up your stuff and meet with the Vistani woman, and then you start on your way back to Kresik. It'll take another two nights to get back, and the last scene is you guys pulling into town as the morning mist clears in the sunlight, ready to go to the next stage of your exorcism. Dun, dun, dun. I think that's the end of the session for the night. Yep. So, I was Devin, Mark, Tyler, Kevin, and Peter. And this is sponsored by Nobody, signing off. Mm -hmm.